and a partridge in a pear tree, but... <laughs> Incoming transmission. Engage house party protocol. Mark 4, powering up. Mark 17, powering up. Mark 44, powering up. All suits are online. Welcome to house party protocol. Power of Suits, and welcome in to another episode of House Party Protocol. My name is Will, and with me today is the one and only Dojo DC. What's happening, my guy? Hey, not too much, man. Just uh, enjoying my morning so far. Yeah, I know, right? It's uh, nice to be able to work this out, get this together, and uh, I want to say I appreciate you being here, but uh, tell the Suits a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, the, uh, I've been playing MCP uh, almost two years now. The uh, friend bought me the starter uh, box, the core box. Uh, it's my first tabletop uh, strategy game like this, the war game of sorts. They have, I play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons and other uh, and other RPGs and stuff like that. The uh, um, and the uh, dojo thing has nothing to do with MCP. I've had that name for a much longer time than I've been playing uh, any of these games. Oh yeah, well, I mean, it sounds like there's a story there. Oh, I, I teach martial arts. That's my job. That's why I work in the afternoons and evenings. The uh, oh, yeah, so I kick kids for money. It's a blast. I love it. The uh, I get to work out, and uh, I've been doing it my whole life. So the uh, uh, the dojo part is uh, just uh, happens to happens to uh, be a good name for MCP as well. <laughs> you know, it really does. And I, I'm not gonna gloss over the kick kids in the head for a living because that's just great. <laughs> 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 so yeah, no, that's awesome. What kind of martial arts do you teach? Uh, Taekwondo is uh, okay, our cool. traditional martial art, and then, you know, we've got some other things that we do from a self-defense perspective, like Muay Thai or Krav Maga, or even things like Judo or other, uh, like, joint lock stuff. Yeah. Cool. Cool, yeah. Um, yeah one of my buddies, Sean, or Sandbox in the Discord, he does uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and I think he's nice. a brown belt right now. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay, nice, nice, nice. That's pretty yeah. high up there, from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I've taken some... BJJ um, seminars and stuff like that, but again, a lot more from the self defense perspective than the actual like traditional martial art of BJJ. The, it's right. good stuff. The uh, yeah, good wrestling. The uh, um, cool submissions. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, he keeps asking me like, "Hey, you gonna come and do a class with me and stuff?" I'm like, "No, I like my ligaments." <laughs> it can be, uh, from what I understand, a little dangerous, but I think it's generally like any training, um, you know, the, as long as your partner's cool and tries to keep it safe, um, uh, then, you know, everybody can have a good time, much like MCP, you know, <laughs> man, your segue um, game is uh, on you know, point. You, I've never met you, but you seem like a, you look like a tall guy on your stream. So tall, lanky guys do pretty well at BJJ from what I understand. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, that's, that's still, I like my hips don't work that way a lot of the time. So, you know, <laughs> You know that uh, old Shakira song, The Hips Don't Lie? Well, mine are lying to me all the time. Constantly. Okay, Constantly. got you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, the, uh, may maybe a little bit of yoga then, the uh, first. Yes, <laughs> that's definitely what I need in my life right now. But speaking of yoga, well, I don't know if this is a segue or not, but we're going to go with it. Uh, <laughs> so today is kind of another one of those days where MCP still doesn't have any news we just came off the 4th of July holiday, if you're in America, and I'm 
I think like Canada Day was like the first or something. So shout out to our Canadian friends. And so, Jojo, I got to tell you something because I think this is kind of funny. And I don't know if you'll get it or if anybody else out there listening will appreciate this. But we had a, uh, so I'm an air traffic controller and Mm -hmm. we had a British Airways flight flying through my airspace last night. (laughs) And there is a, think of like a computer tracking code in all airplanes, right? They all have like a computer tracking code. It's a four digit code and it's a transponder code. Right, yeah. And so, Star Wars, they use it in there. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So we we looked and to see if the transponder code 1776 was in use currently and it wasn't. <laughs> so we assigned that code to the British Airways while he's in the middle of our airspace. <laughs> we thought that, I mean, it's the little things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty good, but uh, we haven't gotten any news on the MCP front in a hot minute. And I would assume that we'll be getting something soon because we're about 10 days from the release of M'Baku and Cosmic Ghost Rider, something like that, maybe Mm -hmm. less than at the time when you're listening to this. So, yeah, I'm I'm wondering what's next. What do you think's coming next? Yeah, I mean, they seemed just by judging from what they've you know teased or shown us rather the uh, uh, I would think that the Panther Killmonger uh, Rivals pack uh, might be next or whatever they're calling it. Yeah, because um, uh, that seemed like the next fleshed out one. But also, I have a feeling that might not be till you know Christmas time. The uh, uh, just because it is that bigger box, and I think that's isn't that how they released uh, Sabretooth and Wolverine right near that holiday time as well. If I remember correctly, yeah, I'm not sure uh, exactly yeah. when that came out. Yeah, the uh, uh, but all of the X Men stuff they didn't have like the models up for they, they didn't have them you know colorized or anything like that. We just saw those grayscale things. So um, uh, it'd be cool to get you know Professor X or Nightcrawler or Bishop or uh, the one bad guy that they release who seems really cool, but I can't ever remember his name because I don't know who he is. That'd the, be Shadow King. Um, Shadow King, yeah, I looked him up when they uh, uh, released him, uh, when they said they were going to release him, and he seems like a pretty uh, dope villain. The, uh, uh, don't know anything about him, but the, I might, might have to check him out. Yeah, my first exposure to Shadow King when I was growing up was the 90s X-Men cartoon, the episode with Storm, where she's like fighting Shadow King or whatever, and it's like, how does Weather Lady fight mental being thing? Like, this is awesome. Or- yeah, yeah, yeah. The, uh, see, I watched that show so much as a kid. I need to go, because I know you can access it on uh, one of the streaming platforms now, uh, but I, I need to go back and watch watch it again, The because uh, uh, I watched it so much as a kid, and then these things pop up. I'm like, oh, they were in that show, really? The, uh, I have to go back and look at it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like it's... Hellfire Club's in that show the, uh, for like a couple episodes, yep. apparently. The uh, um, Yeah. Yeah, it's... I love that show so much, and it's one that I'm like, I hope whenever they bring it back, it's still good and everything, and like, it's one of those where when you watch it and you're, you know, you get into it, you watch the first few seasons, and then like at that last season, there's a noticeable quality dip, and it's very jarring. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, um, yeah, hopefully the uh, when they bring it back, because uh, they, they have talked about bringing, like, doing a new season, right? Yeah, they're doing one. It's confirmed. That's what I thought. 
Yeah, yeah, but it's gonna be in the same animation style as well. I think is what I read. Yeah. yeah so um, it'll yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see what stories they decide to tell at that point. I guess is. Uh, and, and who they market that show to, you know, is it, oh. are they, are they marketing to the millennials, the, uh, um, like us, or are <laughs> yeah. they, uh, uh, you know, trying to get some of the kids, um, in as well. Oh, I'm sure they're marketing it to us, but don't get me wrong. My son will be there with me on the couch. I'll be like, son, I have to show you something. This is the important <laughs> legacy that I'm imparting to you right here. <laughs> now, do you start episode one, season one from the original cartoon or do you just do you get him into the new stuff because it might be you know, a better, uh, uh, better production value? Oh, no, we start season one, episode one. I mean, we've already okay, done it. Yeah. yeah, like he he'll watch it with me every once in a while, but I can usually get like two episodes out of him before he's like, OK, dad, that's enough. Yeah. OK, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. So so we're kind of working our way through it. That and the Spider-Man TV show from the 90s. Oh, yeah. 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 So I'm kind of with you to bring it back to MCP on the fact that I would assume that something, since we're getting M'Baku and Claw, two very prominent figures within the Wakanda ecosystem, I would assume that we're going to get that Black Panther and Killmonger set some point in the nearish future. But this total radio silence has just been really odd and I get that Shatterpoint's a thing and they've got to market that and they've got to, you know, do the thing. But I'm also just, I'm not concerned, but I'm just like, man, come on. Just, just the tiniest little nugget. I just, just need right. It, I think it's been what a month since M'Baku and Claw, probably something like that. Yeah, I think so. I'm not sure when they were actually spoiled, but I think it's, I think it's been a month. I mean, shoot, I can go back and listen to the episode and I think I even recorded the episode like a week after M'Baku's card came gotcha, out. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's yeah. been a while. Yeah. The, uh, and I, and again, I mean, you know, they are trying to push Shatterpoint right now. I get it. It's just coming out. They're trying to sell a bunch of the core boxes, the, uh, um, and you know, you'll, you'll see it on all the dis on all the MCP discords. Um, you know, uh, oh, uh, MCP's dad, you know, long right. Shatterpoint, things like that. The, uh, um, and like, even like Rich, uh, Rich Mid, yeah. um, on YouTube, he's, he's switched off of MCP and gone like real hard into Shatterpoint. I mean, he's not, not doing any MCP stuff, but sure. he's definitely leaning heavy into the Shatterpoint. And I, I like Star Wars. Okay. I'm not going to say like, uh, it's my favorite fandom by any, you know, uh, any leaps or bounds there, but the, uh, I don't know, like it, I, it's not inner, it's not pulling me in as much at least as like yeah. MCP does the, uh, um, I just, uh, number one, I've looked at it and it seems a little confusing just to look at the, I'm sure if I sat down and actually played yeah. the game, I could figure it out the, uh, but, uh, I'm, I'm still, I'm still a Marvel superhero, you know, guy. I mean, if they had a DC version of this, I'd play that too, probably. But, um, uh, I don't know. The star Wars thing just isn't, isn't pulling me in at least. Yeah, no, that's really fair, and I have had a similar kind of reaction to Shatterpoint. Not that I don't enjoy it. I've played a fair few games now, and I've been enjoying it when I've played, and I think it's one of those things where coming from MCP to that is difficult because at this point that we are in MCP right now, we have... A plethora of options. We we have variety for days in terms of what we want to play and how we want to play it and all of that stuff. And Shatterpoint's in that new game zone of there's only a few things that are are out. So 
making it more diverse and expanding the roster of characters, expanding the ability types and all of that stuff is going to be a key part of growing that game and everything. But to your point in the like complexity level and just oddness of it, it's, it's an odd thing. Like I, I like it, but you kind of have to rewire your brain a little bit. If you're coming from MCP and moving over to Shatterpoint or bouncing mm. between the two, cause they function very differently. Right. And that's one of the things that I, I maybe I just like uh, the MCP thing a lot as far as it, it is my first tabletop the uh, uh, strategy game like I was saying earlier and so maybe I just love that simplicity of it because it does seem relatively simple you know, compared yeah. to a lot of the other games like I've looked at Age of Sigmar and other Warhammer variations and um, they just seem a bit um, overwhelming the at first to like really try to dip your toe in the yeah. definitely. Um, now, SharePoint's getting a lot of stuff. MCP is it? My understanding is that AMG is a is it a smaller studio? Or it was I, I believe somebody told me that at some point when I was getting into MCP because they had like taken over the Star Wars stuff with Legion, and then everybody's like, "Oh man, they're so small, they can't do all of these games." Is that is that the case? So I mean, they've definitely grown. I don't know okay. in terms of like how many they've hired or whatnot in that regard. But, I mean, they were definitely a very small studio at first, and their only IP mm. initially was MCP. That was the only thing they did. And then gotcha. Fantasy Flight got out of the Star Wars game. Like, you know, Big Daddy parent company over here said, hey, we're going to take this away from you and give it to them. Because yeah. MCP was pretty successful. And when that happened, there was some restructuring and all of that. And... Again, I don't know all the inner workings of it, and I know they've For definitely sure. grown. But, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where I think it's it's definitely still a smaller boutique studio, and managing all these properties, I can only imagine, is is a tough sell. Especially those particular properties, right? The, I yeah. would assume you know, there's a lot of people that have to be consulted whenever they're doing anything in those properties. The uh, yeah. um, Now, you played a lot of other... Uh, strategy games like I think you you played Blood Bowl too is that uh, I I dipped my little pinky toe in the Blood okay, Bowl gotcha. waters but I played well, like, Guild Ball so we're talking about you know MCP isn't getting anything right now how how often do these other games these other tabletop strategy games get these types of releases like it's like I don't I don't it feels like we're getting less right now, but then again, I don't know how often a new Warhammer army comes out, right? You right. Know, they or a Blood Bowl team. The, uh, or the, these people might be waiting years for those types of things. Right, and that's exactly it is. So MCP, again, I, I will say, we have been spoiled by having monthly releases functionally for the life of the game. Now, we've gone through right. dry periods where we haven't gotten any releases, you know, right of the pandemic, start of all of that. We... We went a good three months, I think, four months without getting anything or something. I don't, I don't remember how long of a time period it was, but we went a while without getting something at one point. But mm. by and large, it's been consistent. Monthly releases, everything is is here, you know, on time, more or less. You know, again, there's outlier is things, but right, it's it's been really solid and really good in that way. And to your point, though, like something like Warhammer, right? I'm not super into Warhammer or anything like that, but they just had a brand new rule edition come out. But the difference between like rule editions, I mean, it's a matter of years. 
Right. And I mean, like the the big flashy box and all of that stuff just came out and all right. and everything. And that was three years since the last edition. So ninth edition was 2020. Eighth edition was 2017. Seventh edition was 2014. And it's it's usually every two to three years they're coming out with a new edition. And especially in the more modern times. But not only, and that's another thing about Warhammer, if you've never played it, it's not just the edition that is the core rules that change things. Like 10th edition is a pretty big shakeup from what I understand. But it's also the supplements that come out, like the codexes for each individual thing. And you could have a codex that comes out for like, let's say Chaos Space Marines, right? That comes out when 10th edition comes out. I don't, it's not, but let's just assume that that comes out right now. Okay, so that Mm. codex is going to be the codex that someone's going to use for the life of 10th edition, however long that is. So that you might get some little erratas here and there, but by and large, the thing that comes out at the beginning is not usually as strong as the, the codex that comes out towards the end of an edition. For sure. So, yeah, it, it's, it, look, and, and that's the thing, like, nobody, not everybody wants to play Chaos Space Marines, so if you get a Chaos Space Marine codex, and it's another six, eight months, maybe even a year before the thing that you play has a new codex, I mean... We are in we are in a good place with MCP in terms of releases. It's just we're so right. used to getting them faster that it it's like feels weird. It feels weird. I can definitely understand that. The uh, um, and because this is the first time the in the past two years since I've been playing that we've had this this long span of time between them. And and I think that I go about buying the models differently than a lot of people. Like I don't. I don't play a lot in person. When I say I don't play a lot, I almost never play in person. 99.999% of my games are online unless yeah. I go to tournaments. And so for me, it's not that I don't want the models. It's that uh, from a financial yeah. standpoint, the, uh, you know, I'm like, okay, like I, I like the models. I love the game. If I'm going to actually put it on a table at some point, I will buy it. Or if I really, really like the character, I'll buy it. But like, I don't go out. I don't have all the models. I probably have quite a few the i think i have you know uh, maybe a hundred at this point the uh um but you know i don't have all of them yeah yeah and i haven't the ones i've been buying recently are not even new releases they're uh stuff for that convocation list i've been running uh because i ran it on tts but i didn't actually have the majority of those characters the and i'm still uh waiting for my ghostwriter to come in <laughs> so you know i'm i'm i'll probably buy umbaku and claw but um like even I like the X-Men. I think they're cool. I don't play X-Men, so unless there's something, you know, like one of those characters that really jumps out to me, like I am a Nightcrawler fan, so the, uh, I might get yeah. that just for fun. But um, unless there's something in those releases that like really speaks to me, uh, I'm not sure that I'll even like jump on those because I don't display them or anything like that. You know, They sit yeah. in my closet in their cases, you know, in the boxes. Yep. I'm, I'm the same way. I don't display nothing. My house is too dusty with three dogs and two cats, so... Uh, <laughs> right and a partridge in a pear tree but <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah i mean i have everything but uh yeah it's it's one of those things i'm the same way 
Yeah, I'm not a good enough uh, painter to want to display mine either. They, uh, um, honestly, like they, they look good from my eye to the table. And that's about as, as good as I need them to be. I've tried to get a little bit better, you know, so they aren't ugly. The, uh, um, but yeah, so uh, as far as like buying every model and like the way it has been a cold spell, you know, as far as getting new stuff out. But yeah. I guess for me, I haven't worried about it too much. The, uh, just because I have been, I've still been spending money on MCP, you know, buying other models. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, it's funny you're talking about, you know, buying models and all of that stuff. You know, uh, I had a recent experience where I've been, like, onboarding a new player and then kind of reinvigorating a lapsed player. And Mm -hmm. just this past Saturday, I was running a demo game. Like, I was putting the two of them against each other, and I was just kind of making sure they did all the rules right and all that stuff. And so... After the game was over, my, my the new players playing Web Warriors, I promise I had nothing to do with that. He just was like, <laughs> when his very first game, he was like, he was like, well, what should I play? I was like, oh, I don't know. Hey, I've got this Web Warrior roster right here. It's ready to go. All the cards are already out and everything. You can use that. <laughs> right. So, you know, he jumped on board with Web Warriors, bought the affiliation box, all that stuff, which I thought it was a really great thing. And like having the affiliation boxes and all that stuff, like it's a really awesome thing that I hope as we get further into the life of this game, that that kind of stuff continues and whatnot. Oh, I agree. Yeah, I'm surprised that that's something we haven't seen since the last affiliation box, which was like, what, X-Men? Was that the last one? Or was Wakanda the last I one? I think Wakanda was the last one. Wakanda. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, uh, like, I, I mean, like even like an Avengers uh, one that has Steve and Black Widow, because you can only get those if you get the co- core box, right? And Iron Man, you know, like yeah. the Avengers one so that you don't have to get that core box if you don't want to, but you can still run, you know, Steve's Avengers or something. Right, exactly. And that, and I also think something like a, unless I'm mistaken, there's not a Guardians of the Galaxy one yet either. Right. And Yeah, which is really weird. It is really weird. And Star-Lord is a single model box. And you want to talk about giving value to the players? A, a, a Star-Lord in an affiliation box would be just so good. So Right, yeah. Rocket Groot, Star-Lord, and, you know... Probably uh, Gamora or Drax, I assume. Yeah, one know, of them. But, I mean, yeah. it really doesn't even matter. Right. So it's it's just one of those things where they only have six current affiliation packs. You've got the Brotherhood, the X-Men, Wakanda, the Web Warriors, Black Order, of all things, and right, yeah. Asgardians. So. And the Asgard, yeah. The, yeah. Uh, uh, but I mean, you know, I, I assume Winter Guard pack won't come out for a while because they're probably still <laughs> trying to sell through the normal the uh, uh, packs they put out. But yeah, probably. Um, and I think that like an A Force pack is probably not something they might be oh, interested man. in just because She Hulk is one of those single model boxes. Uh, you know that they probably make a pretty good uh, amount on the uh, compared yeah. to the others. Yeah. Um, but there's I think you know uh, criminals. I guess the issue with that is which uh, which leader do you put in that box at this point all four leaders that's right. what you do all you take four every <laughs> criminal syndicate leader and put them in the box together right exactly but uh anyways i bring that up to say that the the new player got done playing you know he's he he beat up on some uh spider foes and and then he was like yeah i just want to roll all the dice and kill all the stuff and i was like oh well have i got the model for you and it was male Keith. I was like, well, oh, yeah, you know, hey, you know, Malekith over there. It's a really great model. He goes, man, I was looking at that. That model looks so cool, blah, blah, blah. And I had a bit of a conundrum 
dojo. And this is one where it's like this. And this is where like, I feel some kind of way about like being an ambassador for the game and whatnot, because we know, listening to this, if you're, if you're a new player and you don't know anything about this game and you just found this podcast, then, you know, I don't want to scare you off. Like Malekith's a big topic of conversation and he's something that a lot of people talk about. You know, he he dominates the discourse when it comes to competitive play and this and that and all of that stuff. And I don't want to talk about that aspect of it here. But there's definitely this idea of do you play Malekith with newer players and and do all of this and that. And I had this experience the other day. My buddy says, that looks cool. I want to kill all the stuff, you know, explain to me how this works. And I was like, well, yeah, you know, Malik is a great model. He's really good at killing things. He's pretty strong, pretty, pretty spicy. And, uh, you know, it's a, it's a good model. There's a little bit of complexity to his kit in terms of like how Cloak of Shadows works and, and kind of, you know, using his, his different abilities at the right times and whatnot. But one of the things that I tried not to do was talk him out of a model that he was excited about. You know what I mean? Like, and sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's a cool model. Like the, yeah. uh, if you're, uh, for me, Malekith, the only exposure I had to him was the Thor movie. Right. Yeah. So yeah. when I saw that model, I was like, whoa, 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 this isn't the same dude. And I love Ray <laughs> Fiennes, but this is not the same dude. This guy's got a giant tiger with dragon wings. The, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a dope model. And, and, you know, you don't want to tell somebody who's trying to get in the game. No, 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 don't play that because the uh, people, are, you know, poo-poo you right exactly and and i just i'm using that as a story to speak to a broader thing of you know we're in this dead zone of releases more or less right now and or news or or however you want to say it and this is a perfect time to introduce people to the game or you know if someone walks up and they see something on the table and they say that's dope you know well yeah it is dope and and like even if you don't like the big bad kitty dad, you know, it's still a <laughs> selling point for this game. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, when you look at a Warhammer table, you're not like, oh, look at those cool little grunts. You're like, whoa, who's that big mech with a gun, right? The, uh, <laughs> right. Uh, you know, you're always looking at the coolest, biggest model on the board, you know, when you walk into those shops. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I just, I really felt like you know, some kind of way, like I had that little like twinge of like, oh man, I'm about to get this guy playing Malekith. But then at the same time, it's like, but you know what? It's people playing MCP and, and that is what is valuable here right now. You know? Well, and I think that a new player playing Malekith isn't the worst thing in the world. All right. The, uh, um, he plays Malekith, he gets some wins in, he feels good about the game. He's like, man, Malekith's a lot of fun. Let me see what other things are out there. Especially if somebody does tell him, oh, well, the, you know, I don't want to play again Malekith you know, a few times. The, he might get the, you know, get the idea, okay, let me try some new stuff out or some different stuff out. Right. The, uh, um, and, and then, you know, you have a player who is going back to Web Warriors, right? The, uh, right. Um, and so, yeah, I think that allow a new player playing Malekith isn't, a terrible thing you know like i said I, I think that a new player getting into the game because of malekith is definitely not a bad thing yeah yeah and, and that's and that's just it man it's it's just more people in the game and that has 
value in and of itself. So, you know. Yeah, yeah for sure. So I, I want to take that right there and segue into our main topic today. I know we've been uh, just, you know, chilling, chit-chatting here for about 30 minutes, and I hope it's been enjoyable for the suits out there because it's certainly been great for us to just, you know, <laughs> go hem and haw a little bit, which I really like. But before we get into our main topic today, I do have a couple of announcements. First things first, we are starting up another House Party Protocol League. It is open to literally everybody. Check the Facebook page for the pinned post, and you can get in there. Just There's a link. We're using Nerd Herder instead of Longshanks. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically the same thing. It's different, but it's basically the same thing. It's tournament software that just kind of helps get matchups and stuff like that going. And it's really easy to to kind of just get in a echo chamber of Longshanks, Longshanks, Longshanks when there are other things out there. And I see it as a way to help the community to say, hey, here's a new thing that we can try and maybe it makes Longshanks better. Maybe it makes Nerd Herder better and maybe Nerd Herder becomes the go-to thing. I don't know, but I wanted to try something different, which is why we're running it on Nerd Herder. I've got this and they're not sponsoring me to do that either or anything like that. This is just <laughs> this is just literally like I wanted to do something different. That's literally all it is. So here we are. And if you don't yeah. want to play cuz you don't want to sign up for a new website thing, <laughs> I respect that. Like it's that's fine. Like that, that I mean, you know, it's just for me it's just a way to get more games in and we're calling it the Tune-Up League because the idea is to come and have fun and to pardon the pun, but dojo your list a little bit. So that's the whole point of the league. So it's going to run starting from July 9th, which is this upcoming Sunday, all the way until Sunday, August 13th. So goes for six weeks, four weeks, something like that. I don't know math. I'm, I'm not a math person, but it's like <laughs> six weeks, I think long. And, that gives us time to really get our, our lists honed in or just to have fun, just to have a good time. And and that's all it's here for. That's what we're doing. We're just having some fun and rolling some dice. And I'm really excited about that. And I hope that you will join us. Again, check the Facebook page. Another way that you can uh, find out more information about this is to check out patreon.com slash housepartyprotocol for as little as a dollar a month you can get access to our Discord channel, which is my favorite place on the internet. Dojo maybe can speak to this. You don't have to say it's your favorite place, but <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I really love it. I think it's a great community. And if you want to come and hang out with us over there, chit chat to all the other suits, you can do that. And also, we have a league channel over there, which is going to be the number one easiest, bestest, most excellent way to interact during the course of this league but that's another thing about nerd herder that's really nice is there's a chat built in to nerd herder so if there's ever oh, any questions cool. yeah it's really cool if there's ever any questions or any issues or anything there's just a chat right there that you can start talking it's just a league chat that is open for everyone to see so yeah that's that's what's happening sign up and i hope to see you guys uh in just a few days so 
I mean, yeah, they, uh, yeah, it's a good place, especially if you're trying to dojo a roster and get uh, great ideas. They, uh, right? They, uh, uh, the Discord has definitely been the number one way that I've uh, been able to have discussions about my list and um, uh, try to make some improvements to it. Nice. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. And uh, yeah, the other announcement before we, we get in here for our last little segment is that I'm going to be doing another giveaway. So I told you guys when we, we switch over to July, I'll be starting up another giveaway. It's going to run through July. So pretty much the last day, just because of recording purposes and all that stuff, is going to be July 26th to get your entries in, which is, so it's going to be a short one, more or less, but it's going to be good. So we're going to do a giveaway for, of course, Cosmic Ghost Rider, Mbaku, and Claw. <laughs> I mean... Honestly, I could not give away these models. Oh, both packs. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're doing both packs because, yeah. <laughs> so make sure you, again, if you're on social media, check the Facebook page and leave a comment, leave a like on the post that is announcing the giveaway. Do that. And then also, we're going to have secret code words, which, Dojo, what what are we thinking for a secret code word at this point? I mean, is it Dojo? Oh, I feel like if I say that, it's pretty conceited. The, uh, um, <laughs> no, I think I, I think it works. I mean, I, it totally tracks because that's what this episode is it about. Does. Or tune up, we could call it tune up. Tune up, yeah, the I like that. The uh, I like I like the tune up. I don't I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, or dojo works. The I tune up or dojo, I think are perfect. Okay, well, how about this? Either one, either thing you send tune up or dojo will get you one bonus entry into our giveaway for a Cosmic Ghost Rider pack, an M'Baku and Claw pack. So make sure to, to do that. Send us those messages, housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com, or you can send those messages directly to me on Discord, DM me on Discord or uh, with your secret code word, and I'm at HPP underscore Will on most of the main Discords, but DM it. Don't send it to me in like a comment or something. It's, it's got to be a DM. <laughs> All, it's, yeah. So that's happened. And uh, you can also um, send me messages on Facebook with those secret code words. So it'll all work out. It'll be great. But anyways, now then, to the meat and potatoes here, Dojo. So I think I mentioned it at the top of the show. Our main topic today, or the end of our show today, I guess you could say, is going to be dojoing your list. You know, like... How do you not build a roster? We've covered building rosters many times. We will do it again in the future. But once you have a roster concept, like once you say, okay, this is my starting point on I want to make this list turn into a future tournament list. How do you go about building that out? And I, I feel like, Dojo, that you're a, a great person to have this conversation with not only because the dojo name but also <laughs> because recently you've done this exact thing am i right yes yeah 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 the uh i've been dojoing convocation for uh three four months now something like that yeah my man cue cue, cue the <laughs> gift my man <laughs> well i think i've got pretty good at it with this particular list i think that early on in the game when i would dojo i would make too many changes maybe yeah and i've been a little bit more reserved which is uh 
um, something that I think is is probably important. Yeah, and so I think I think that this particular dojo uh, uh, with the convocation list has been uh, pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. So let's yeah. think about that for a second. I want to I want to dive into something you said there about how you know big sweeping changes versus incremental changes. And would you say that that's like like multiple characters at a time versus like one or two characters at a time? Is that what you mean by that? Right, right. The uh, and just it, it's very easy to go into your Cerebro or whatever other uh, uh, list builder you use after a game and say, "Oh, this didn't work, and this didn't work, and this didn't work," and start pulling things out. But if you start to think about it a little bit more scientifically, the uh, right, you don't change all those variables at once. Right, right. You should be trying to change one variable at a time. And then see how that works. The obviously, if you take a character out that has like a team tactics card attached to it, you take both of those things out. You don't keep you know Rhinobery out the uh, where uh, whatever it's called the uh, um, uh, uh, if you pull Rhino out of your list. Rhinobery. Yeah, right? uh... <laughs> that's, that's, I'm sorry, like I'm super using that. Yeah, Rhino. Now, see, all right, we might have to change our code word. <laughs> okay that's what you get for doing it halfway through the episode i, I guess so <laughs> you know what was i thinking anyways anyways yeah no that makes sense yeah you don't if you have rhino in your thing you're not going to just leave rhinobbery in there yes it's this <laughs> this shall be a robbery uh right 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 yeah. the uh um but yeah and so i think that's the big thing that i've done recently is just really try to limit how much i change the list from game to game the uh um and, and that's for a couple of reasons number one you know i think that you can have a bad game with a character or a model and just say oh man i hate you know i'm taking it out i'm not using it anymore because you, you know the uh, i get a little salty after losses sometimes you know especially if a character doesn't do what i need them to do the uh um and then you pull them out and you start replacing them and not realizing that that was probably the best option um yeah. uh at the time yeah, and I think that that's really it, man, is you have that one bad experience with a model and it's just, mm -hmm. like, soul-crushing. Uh, as I I've, I reference this probably more often than I should, but, you know, when you blow up your Clea <laughs> on her own turn for her first action, yeah, it feels pretty bad. And uh, I can honestly say that I have rarely put Clea on the table since then, and that was, like, a year ago. You know. Which is so funny because I haven't had that bad experience, and I love Clea now. The uh, I got into playing her because of something you said on a pod at one point. The uh, uh, and I haven't had a bad experience. I think the most I've ever done to her is two, uh, with that ability. Yeah. The uh, but I can understand how getting that five would definitely uh, make you not want to play her. Yeah, it felt real bad, but uh, <laughs> but it's funny because to your point, you know, talking about a character that you really like and everything, and. You know, you have that bad experience with Clea and, or, you know, I do, but other people out there say, oh man, you know, Clea didn't do anything for me this round. Well, you know, did you play her on a crisis that was best suited for her kit? Did you mm -hmm. think about the fact that she has a range three throw? You know, like those little things are things that can elevate a character, right? Like I think of Clea and for the longest time, all I thought about was the fact that Okay, she's just a just here to teleport Strange round one and get him into position to start wrecking people. But mm -hmm. when you start to really evaluate what a character does, and you say, okay, well, Clea's immune to incinerate, so I'm only going to play her on demons. Well, 
that's fair. You can do that, but that might not be the only thing she's good at. And right. putting her in those situations or any other character and and saying, okay, cool, I'm going to put this character out on the tabletop. It might be a suboptimal thing for it, and I might lose this game. And like you said, everybody gets a little salty when they lose games. But if you're going into it with a mindset of like, I'm trying this thing mm-hmm. and keeping that in mind as you're going through it. I mean, it's it's akin to playtesting, I would think, in a lot of ways, right? Definitely. Yeah. The uh, Well, and... Yo, that brings me to something that I want to talk about the, uh, during the episode is forcing characters, right? The, yeah, uh, we've all done it. You know, if you've been dojoing the and really trying out things in your list, you say, okay, today I want to try this. And, and you'll put a character out there at the wrong crisis. But, you know, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You see how they play there. There's probably a better crisis to try it on. But, um, I mean, I've forced characters quite a bit just trying to see do they fit in the list in a general sense, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've talked about this recently on the show that Brad and I did where we were building my initial NashCon Guardians of the Galaxy roster. And Mm -hmm. I added in Drax in there simply because he's a character that I don't have a ton of reps with. And Mm -hmm. I just want to see what he's good at and where he fails at. So am I going to make an effort to put him on the table when it might not be the most optimal play for him? Absolutely. With that said, though, I'm probably not going to play him against something like Web Warriors or Wakanda because there's just too much control there, and I have enough experience with this game and reading the card. I can say, okay, Drax is not very good against control. So, you know, that's right. a thing. But other than that, you know, like you, it's still I'm going to play him. I still want to get him out there on the table. And then, again, Cosmic Ghost Rider, right? Like, Cosmic Ghost Rider is like the glue that holds everything together for me right now. (laughs) (laughs) And I am planning on putting him on the table everywhere initially, right? Like when we start this league up, if you play me, you're going to see Cosmic Ghost Rider. Because I'm trying to get better with him. I'm trying to figure out where his blind spots are, you know? And right. Yeah, and just getting a lot of reps in with the character, right? Exactly. And knowing all those little things he can do. He's got a long card as far as, like, all that text, you know, and making sure you pull him off at the right time and and, and understand everything. The, uh, and, and especially with a new character like that that nobody has reps into, really, it, it's even more important to just throw him on the board as much as possible, even if that's not necessarily what you would do in a actual tournament setting, right? The, yeah. Uh, um, you you want to put him out there so you can learn all those things. I put, uh, and one of my friends that I play with, um, he kind of got me into this, uh, on TTS, I'll, I'll just take sticky notes and put them on my monitor. The uh, uh, That nice. way I get better at remembering certain things like Wicked's Judgment or Got Your Back or, you know, Stealth, right? Yes. Yeah, um, and so just those things to remind me, oh yeah, I need to do that. That way, when I do go to a tournament, I have that reminder already there. I've built it as a habit. Yeah. Yeah, and that and, that, and that's going to be me with these damn winging it tokens <laughs> <laughs> just just put it put it on your monitor well i'm telling you the sticky notes so good the, yeah you put it up there you can't forget it i'll do it i'll do it and i remember uh, i went to a guild ball tournament years ago and this guy there was a, a team in guild ball called the farmers i think i've told this story before but uh there's a it's farmers and they have this mechanic called harvest tokens and this dude 
in Sharpie wrote harvest tokens on the back of his hands so that <laughs> he would remember to do it. I was like, oh, that's awesome. I've never seen anybody do that with MCP yet, but I'm definitely like, I might write winging it on my hands just to see do what it, happens. Man. Yeah, I mean, because we all forget things no matter how many times. I mean, how many times have you forgot to do a crisis thing in the cleanup or power phase, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, where you forgot to push somebody or whatever, and both of the people forget. And so it's just easy to forget all the little pieces even though the game isn't as complicated as other games the uh it's really easy to forget that one ability that you really need like when you for um uh forget a healing factor yeah. right the uh um or a got your back when it would have been perfect you know yep. the, oh he rolled three crits and i totally forgot to do wicked's judgment and i could have yes. dazed that character or ko'd that character and so just making those things habitual i think is the is the important part Oh, yeah. And it's funny you mentioned Wicked's Judgment. I mean, that one, if you're playing Ghost Rider, is so easy to miss. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I've, I've definitely missed it on more than my fair share of times. And uh, it's it's that's it right there. Right. Like when you're dojoing your lists and when you're trying to get better and you're really building toward that tournament mindset, mm -hmm. don't be hard on yourself, but also like let the lessons be learned right so yep oh man i forgot to do the thing well and your opponent's like well no it's no problem you can do it you know whatever it's like no no i'm i'm going to take this lesson better if i don't get the take backsies now i'm a proponent of in a casual setting take backsies all day every day have course, some fun right. you know everybody's having a good time but if you're trying to elevate your game Right. Like that's, that's the way I look at it. Like you're trying to get better and you're saying I'm going to a tournament and in a tournament setting, you might not have an opponent that is gracious enough to say, oh, hey, this one little thing you you missed, you know, nothing's happened. The game state hasn't changed. But, you know, this one little thing. Sure. You can run it back. Like, don't expect that when you go to right, an event. Right. And I'll be honest, I'm. The type of player where if nothing has changed and you catch it like a second, you know, later, like I'll, I, I'll let you do it. But if I'm like kind of into my turn, the uh, especially in a tournament setting, right? Right. Yeah. Like, I'll be honest, uh, you know, if I go to a tournament, I'm, I'm there to win. The I went to a tournament the a few hours away at one point, and neither one of us was gonna win the whole thing. But he was my last game, and we were. This was before the old crisis. I think we were playing one of the single. I know we were playing one of the single extracts, and he brought Weapon X with his with Hulk and Sabretooth and Wolverine, and I had Wakanda and Hulk. I had uh, Panther, Killmonger, Hulk. Nice. And he was like, oh, well, you know, I, I grabbed the thing and ran away from him, right? And he's like, I thought we were going to brawl in the middle of the board. Well, that's what you thought. And he's like, what? what <laughs> I mean, you're just trying to win? I'm like, well, yeah, I drove three hours to this tournament. I paid an entry fee. The, uh, yeah, right. I'm, I'm trying to win the game. Yeah, right. you know, I'm not, I'm not going to lie about it. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's just it right there. Like, you know, again, this relating to Brad and I's conversation from a couple weeks ago where he and I were – more or less bottom table, you know, at NashCon a couple of years ago, we weren't mm -hmm. winning the thing. It's not bottom, but you know what I mean? Like we weren't winning. We, right. It was for who goes 50, 50 kind of a thing. Right. And right. we both agreed to just play and have fun, but we also knew that we were going to play to win the game. Like it, we weren't going to, going to not play to win. Right. And, right. and that's, and that's okay. For sure. 
and you can choose to play that way, even if you're playing a friendly game like on TTS, uh, uh, you know, they can play their game and have fun and you can be hard on yourself and not do takesy backsies and still not pull punches, right? The, uh, I yeah. think that the person across the table from you can play their friendly game and you can dojo your list and be playing in that competitive mindset without it being a negative play experience. That's exactly it, man. That's exactly it, is that you, even if you have that competitive mindset, you set the the tone, if you will, for yourself. And if your right. opponent is playing casually, having fun, just rolling some dice, goofing off, and, and they want to do some take backs, that's, you know, ha- be, exactly. be okay with that. Like, be open to that and don't don't sure. necessarily be that, like, I don't want to, like, come across as preachy. I feel like I, this is that, like, fine line of, like, <laughs> no, between no, no, preachy yeah. and, like, just advicey. And so on the advicey side, like, you know, if you want to play a more competitive game, like, say, hey, do you mind if I, I play this a little more competitively? Do you mind if we, like, kind of, Play a little more competitively and if they're if they're not vibing with that you can be like okay cool well i'm gonna just do my thing and if he offers you a take back or they offer you a take back you can say no i'm i'm, I'm good i'm gonna i'm gonna let this right. ride so i can learn better but you don't have to sure. like you said it doesn't have to be a negative play experience and it's all in your tone and and how you just i mean i think it's a social contract you know Right, right, right. You sat down at the table to to have some fun, and you're not trying to be a butt or anything like right. that. Yeah. Right. Um, but I, I just don't think that, you know, I think you can play against all types of different people, whether they're trying to play competitively or die, or they're relatively new to the game, just so that you can go out there and get those reps in exactly. f- with your team. You know, I played a guy who was relatively new with my convocation roster, and, you know, I, I beat him, uh, you know, uh, but he didn't have a negative experience. He actually had a really good experience because there were a couple of things that I did that he had never seen before. He yeah. was running Voodoo in his list. I obviously had Voodoo in my list, and I possessed two people in a round, right? Yeah. He's like, whoa, whoa, you can do that? I'm like, yeah, man, that's why Voodoo is really good. You can, you know, possess as many people as you want, put that token two away from them so they then have to, you know, decide is the action worth moving over there for. Yep. And he's like, oh, man, that's so cool. So even though I was playing this very competitive mindset of, oh, I, I need to get these VPs out of his hands, and it could have been a negative thing for him, he took it as a learning experience, even though he was playing a more casual game. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've had similar things happen with uh, Strange Supreme, the Superior Strange, and uh, <laughs> it's like when I teleported three people in a round. He goes, "How many times can you do that?" I'm like, "As many times as I have the power for it." Right. Just each character can only be teleported with it once, but still, yeah. If you exactly. you know use nine power, hit somebody twice, they uh, get nine more power somehow, and you can do it three more times. Right. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be. Oh my god. I think the most I've ever done it was four times in a round. And that's impressive. Yeah, it was it was the best thing I've ever done, but it was also like it's it's never going to happen again. So, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> but uh but yeah, I uh it, it's funny things like that how there's always a way to learn and grow while you're going through the process of dojoing and to kind of take it more you know, more focused from the broader discussion like one of the things that you can do when you're playing and trying to determine whether or not a model is fit for your roster or maybe even just fit for a specific tech. Like we talk about tech pieces in this game mm-hmm. a lot. And I think 
it's kind of a, a buzzword that we don't dive into very often, but like, let's look at Nick Fury and the Howling Commandos as an example of a very good tech piece. Mm-hmm. But what do I mean by that? Like, what makes them a tech piece? And to me, that is basically, they they provide some kind of benefit to the rest of your squad. In this case, the siblings in arms is really good being able to move characters around and get mm-hmm. places that you might not otherwise be able to get to and providing a, a layer of mobility. That's the tech that this Howling Commandos is bringing to my Guardian squad. Right. Now, is that the tech that they're bringing to a shield squad? Maybe not, right? Maybe for the shield squad, it's because you want your double got your backs but with them mm-hmm. and Bucky. You know what I mean? Like, So I, I think right. when you think about tech pieces and identifying what a model is bringing to your squad, you have to look at it based on what your squad needs. Would you agree with that? Oh, 100%. You know, I mean, I think that you're going to have those models in your 10 that almost never touch the table, right? Or never touch the table in a five-game or six-game tournament, right? Because you never are put in the situation where they are necessary, right? Or just it's not the right time to pull them out. And I think that you have those pieces in your roster just in case the uh, just in case you need it just in case it's the right thing um and, and i think that's what that those tech pieces that night even eighth ninth tenth character in your list might be that special tech piece you know mm-hmm. yeah i mean yeah like i've got strucker the uh and he's only out there for the rerolls but the rerolls aren't going to be very good on something like a d map right a d secure like right. uh, what spider portals or something like that right yeah because he, the map is going to be way too spread out he's not going to be it he's not going to be next to somebody enough for it to matter as much as maybe putting a different character out there right exactly and and that's the thing is identifying when to use that model is a part of like we talk about it uh, all the time also when we talk about tournament prep is getting the reps in playing something you're familiar with you know if you don't know that strucker might not be the most valuable in a certain situation i mean the way to find that out is to put him on the tabletop like i, I mentioned mm-hmm. drax earlier i think that drax isn't going to be good against something like a web warriors or a wakanda but i'm i'm probably going to try it just because i want to confirm my suspicions or or see if there's maybe something I was missing there. Maybe he he gets a vengeance onto Black Panther and then is able to to do a blades or or something that that really messes him up. I don't know, but you know what I mean. For sure. I mean, uh, uh, and I think that is definitely you know worthwhile. Even if you and that goes back to that forcing characters thing, saying I'm going to play Drax even though this might not be the best matchup for him because I want to see how he does. And if I do get put in this situation in a tournament you know, I have a little bit more experience. I have a little bit of, you know, knowledge to, to fall back on and remember that time that Black Panther hit me and pushed me away and basically staggered Drax because he couldn't get back to him. You know, the, uh, um, so I think, I think that putting those characters in there and forcing them a negative, um, in what are not ideal circumstances is, is important. Yeah. The, the old suboptimal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so let me ask you another question, because we we chit chatted back and forth a little bit about what our topic is going to be today. And you said something 
in this that I thought was really good. And you're talking about realizing different weaknesses. And I think that plays into our conversation. Like, so we talked about like having a tech piece and all that stuff, but what about for someone that like, all right, this guy's in my roster and he's going to be played a lot. So again, I'm relating it to what I'm playing currently and that's beta Ray bill. Mm -hmm. Right. And identifying what weaknesses beta Ray bill has. Right. And how do you go about trying to do that other than just the, you know, okay, we're forcing him, we're going to play him and all of this. Like, is it, is it something else that goes into trying to figure out where his weaknesses lie? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think it really is just a lot of getting those reps in against as many affiliations as possible. Mm-hmm. Right. The, uh, like, that's a big thing is that if somebody, even though nobody wants to play against, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, Mrs. Thanos, right. The, if somebody <laughs> offers to play you right. with mind space, Thanos, you play it. The, uh, uh, and it might not be a fun game, the, uh, but you play it that way. You can really see, every single weakness you know the i'll yeah. relate it back to the thing i know best actual martial arts right the i tell all my students and i will tell anybody i learn more from getting beat a lot of the time than i do from winning the mm-hmm. uh, um because you know you learn okay man that thing didn't work against this guy the, and i've got to figure out something for next time the uh, and it allows you to and maybe i'm just a little obsessive i will think about that for the next you know day um, oh, yeah. <laughs> i'll go to sleep dreaming about it the and try to figure out okay what is that thing that I need to do to either protect that weakness or is that something where I really just need to drop it right yeah I I mean I'm right there with you and the last tournament we had here in Memphis I played a Guardians player with my Web Warriors and I had Immortal Hulk in it and he had mm, Senior Thanos it was Senior Thanos Mm -hmm. and we played on a B map I think it was a B map and I don't remember what the extract was but all in all, I realized as soon as I put Immortal Hulk on the table that it was a bad idea. Just right. the whole whole thing. Like, And at the time, and I still am really high on Immortal Hulk in a lot of ways. Like, I think, one, super fun. Two, very strong. Three, yeah. <laughs> you, you have to deal with him or he's going to deal with you. There's very little, like, unless you have, like, a super control piece like Senior Thanos, it, it's going right. to be really hard to deal with him, but that's, that's a conversation for another time. But <laughs> I was really into immortal Hulk. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to put immortal Hulk on the table, even though it's a tournament setting and I don't have any reps in against senior Thanos other than I played in a TTS game against senior Thanos with midnight sun's immortal Hulk. And you think, mm-hmm. well, that's basically the same thing. It is not. No, it no, not. not at all. Cause that bump is a big difference. It is. It is. But I had that mindset of like, Oh yeah, I've done this before. I'm going to be fine. Completely dismantled. Completely. Right, right, Cause he's getting moved around. Yeah. And he can't get back. Exactly. Right? Exactly. It was, it was, it was a great shout out to a local will, another will. And uh, yeah, <laughs> he just, he just dismantled me. It was great. It, and that was one of those like those learning experiences of like, man, if I'd have just, you know, done what my gut told me of like, don't put a mortal hulk here, but I did it anyways and all of that stuff, but I needed that lesson. You know? And and that's sure. yeah. Identifying the weakness of, hey, maybe this isn't the right time to play this model. Like, yes, I love this model and I want to play this model, Mortal Hulk in this case, 
but you know this there's not always especially in a tournament setting and as you're you're getting ready for an event identifying those times so that you don't get to a tournament like I did and notice that that was a weak spot for you right right yeah that goes just again getting those reps in trying to play as many different affiliations as possible so if you know people that play specific affiliations you know play them and then uh you know also play a bit against strangers because the majority of people you're playing at an event uh at least those big events you know you're not going to know you're not going to have a lot of games with yes. the or against rather the uh and and you know they might be thinking about it differently you know and then when you you come to understand your team and there's just things that you know about your team right from the get-go whether you have a lot of reps or not right you know that certain teams are attrition teams and certain teams are control teams or you know things like that the uh but knowing that oh you know just something simple that everybody's gonna know uh deception right the learning to play against deception yeah right that's one of those things that's okay that's a weakness in a roster really even though it's a strength in another roster it's like okay i've got to learn how to play against this it's the same mentality right knowing that this is something that could happen to me how do i prepare for it and i i think the i mean at the end of the day i think it's just reps and and knowing the other person's characters almost as well as you know your own maybe yeah. yeah knowing what they can do like i find that at this point in my mcp career like i'm, I'm i think i'm average the uh, maybe above average i just you know four and two i'll say i'm a little above average in the tts league right the uh, <laughs> yeah um and i find that the people who really give me problems like the two people i lost to this season were deluca and no who both are in cuts right the, mm -hmm. uh, um, and nobility is the one who beat DeLuca so I, I find that the people who I really have trouble against are the people who out maneuver me out chess me right they're thinking yeah. ahead in the game because they know what my characters can do as well um, and, and that knowledge just makes you such a better player it, it allows you to see their weaknesses and your weaknesses and try to move around in a better in a better way absolutely and you know I've obviously been making content for this game since before it even came out, since before we even had it in our hands. And it's funny to, you know, talking about knowing your opponent's models, knowing what everybody on the table can do at any given time. I agree with you. Doing the best that you can to say, I'm going to have an idea of what Red Guardian does, or I'm going to have an idea of what a captain marvel does or someone like even deadpool who you might not see on the table very often but maybe someone brings a weapon x list and they're running deadpool and you're like oh man i haven't played against deadpool in forever what does he do again but right having that familiarity with all the models in the game is a good thing but it's also a hard thing to do oh god yeah i mean you just said deadpool i don't think i've ever played against deadpool in two years the uh, yeah. i don't know if i've ever seen him on the table against me the uh um and so that'd be one of those models where i definitely have no clue what deadpool can do right same thing with like a, and there's there's a myriad of models i'm not going to go through all these you know obscure models but someone like craven even right yeah. like uh, craven doesn't see the table very often but at that last tournament like i mentioned someone played craven against me and I'm familiar with Craven because while he's not the best model in the game at times, I still love that model and want to always find ways to make Craven work. So right. that is what it is. But he's he's a good good character. And 
I had that familiarity, but someone that's never gone against a craven is going to be like, what does this guy do? And, and right, you can right. just get an extra die against me for the whole round? What now? <laughs> you know? So right. it's, it's hard to be familiar with everything, but way, ways that you get familiar with stuff, we keep coming back to it. Because at the, at the end of the day, when you're dojoing a list, when you're trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work, it's reps. It's game time and, and playing against varied opponents. And like you said, and I, I don't want to gloss over this because I think it's really important, different affiliations, playing against Magneto Brotherhood, playing against Mystique Brotherhood on Senators, play against it. See what it's like. Like we, We've talked about it on this podcast before about how that's a really powerful play. But it mm. doesn't mean that you're going to lose the game when you sit down. Right. You know, so having that experience, having those reps on the tabletop, you know, the the one thing that happened to me in a TTS league a while back was I got completely dismantled by Hydra. I hadn't played mm-hmm. against Hydra very often. And when this guy played Hydra, we were on Demons and I was playing my convocation and I'm like, cool, Demons is one of my favorite crisis. I've got, I've got my Clea, I've got my... Voodoo, I'm immune to all this crap. Come at me, bro. And I mean, he just dismantled me. <laughs> totally dismantled. And and I, you know, I saw the things he was doing, and now it's like, okay, I now understand better what that matchup entails. And and I can take the lessons that I learned while playing convocation and apply them somewhere else. It's not going to be necessarily a one for one, but taking the lessons that you learned while while playing one thing and applying it to something else can be a valuable thing. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. The uh, um and, and and that just is that knowledge of the character card. The uh, you know, if you're trying to prepare for anything, that's what you do. I mean, if you go to professional sports, you know, they don't sit around all week and just say, "Okay, well, we're going to do this." No, no. They say, "All right, day 1, let's watch tape." Right. Let's yeah. see what this other team actually does. And then let's have a game plan for it. The, uh, um, and so, you know, there's there's nothing worse than getting that gotcha done on you. The uh, uh, but in the same way, like the uh, um, I feel really good when I look at something and I sit there and talk it out and be like, oh, if I do this, you do that and that and that. And they're like, yep. And it's like, okay, see, like I, I'm understanding how he or or they are wanting to um, uh, play the game at that mm-hmm. point and, and understanding the character a little bit better. And that makes me feel really good just being able to look those few steps ahead the, uh, and, and know that I'm probably in the right mindset as far as where my team is. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I think that that's really, really the the crux of the whole thing is just, you know, playing those games, getting those reps and and being able to take a step back from we said this early on and I'll, I'll reiterate it here. Everybody wants to win. OK, like you don't walk up to a table saying, I hope I lose most of the time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very rare that, that that's what happens. But also swallowing that pride and understanding like if you're there, if you're there to play the game, even competitively, and you're there to try to learn uh, and, and try to try to dojo something, try to try to get through the process of making your roster better, then having that mindset 
and saying, if I do lose, it's okay. Now, it's look, salt is going to salt, right? <laughs> like, right, right. <laughs> it's it's going to happen, right? You're going to have a dice roll and you're going to be like, okay, cool. My Cosmic Ghost Rider just rolled six dice, but he didn't get a single skull and he only had two successes. Like, yeah, right. That, that's going to happen. And it feels like crap when it does, but you know what? There's going to be something else that's going to happen in that game or another game later where Ghost Rider just deletes a mystique. Right. You know? Right. And and so you just live with that and you and you got to realize that it's not all, not all like, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I think you know what I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like it's the losing where you're not sitting down at that table to lose. Losing can still teach you something. It can still be a good, you know, experience. And if you're, if the only thing that was wrong with that game was your dice didn't go well, where it might not feel good at that moment where you have to shake the person's hand and say good game. Like if, if the only thing that really went bad was the dice rolls, then you played a good game, right? Yeah. yeah like yeah. you did. The, yeah, it's just sometimes those dice aren't going to go well for you. And I think that you can still learn things. It's like, Oh man, you know, the, uh, that experience right there of rolling a two hits and no skulls. All right. Well, man, it makes me think about how often that happens, right? Does right. that happen very often with Cosmic Ghost Riders or just every once in a while that's happening too often? Again, that's a weakness. How do I go about fixing it? It just brings you back to wanting to play more games and wanting to dojo more. And or at least that's my mentality. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> when those things happen, I'm like, okay, I want to play again, right? The, yeah. Uh, when I played DeLuca in the league, uh, he beat the brakes off of me and uh, the game was over in like an hour. And I just got right back on uh, the TTS server and was just like, all right, anybody want to play a game? Like, the, nice. I, I need to play again so I can, you know, the uh, think. And I played almost the same exact team, the uh, uh, put on the board just so I could try to dojo it again. I was like, man, he beat me up. All right, let me dojo it right now. The, yeah. While this stuff is still fresh in my head. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's the way to do it if you got the time. Right, yeah, yeah, the, uh, I'm a night owl. <laughs> you know, I wish I wish I had that kind of time. But uh, the, the final point I want to say about about this and kind of the final little piece of advice that I will, will give you, and I, I kind of alluded to it when I was talking about, you know, playing Mystique on the Senator's play, you know, playing Malekith, and Red Skull, Master of Hydra, and, and that little thing, like doing, doing that, you know, play against those things. They might seem like they're unfun, but at the same time, you can learn something from them. But I want to take that discussion and move it into the broader discussion of you have your roster, right? I have my roster. You have your roster, Dojo. We right. might not have the same crises in it. Right. But we should be able to say, okay, cool, I just recently played a sword base why don't we play something else? Why don't, you know, and, and maybe not necessarily if we're just randomly, we don't know each other sitting down at a table, but like when you're trying to dojo something, when you're trying to build something and you're making these crisis combinations, trying out different things, trying out scrolls. Like I've mentioned it multiple times on this podcast. I do not like playing scrolls because I do mm. not like being potentially moved over into a murder box, you know? Right. right. <laughs> I, but my opponent has to deal with that same thing. So maybe it's okay. And playing that, getting that on the table, trying those different combinations and varying your crisis, 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 I just, I can't with this word. Crisis, uh, crisis, varying those up uh, over time is, is a good thing. Like I have demons in my guardians list here and I have two characters that are immune to it. Uh, incinerate that is so like I feel pretty good about it 
but maybe right. that's actually not a good crisis for me. You know, or maybe there's just a better one out there, right? Exactly. Yeah. Right, and I think that when you start taking into account playing against every affiliation, playing every crises, right? Then you are talking about a lot of games. The uh, but that's again going back to that whole repping thing. The uh, um, but yeah, you have to play against these different crises. And I think if you're sitting down with somebody you know, or even, I mean, you know, you can ask a rando, hey, like, um, I really want to play this crisis. Uh, you know, it, it maybe say, hey, you can have, you know, priority or whatever still, but I'd really like to play this crisis and maybe have one extract and one secure that you really want to try out. Yeah. That way the, it doesn't totally break the game, but ask them, hey, can we just pick this one? I'm just trying it out. I just want to play it because I haven't played it in a while and, and I need a refresher or I just want to see how my team does on this particular thing. And and most people in this community are super chill and cool about it. That's one of the best things about the yep. Crisis Protocol community. I think the, uh, that's what's kept me in it for two years now is just everybody, is really nice. The I haven't had a real negative play experience except for that one that I talked about earlier in person, right? But online, yeah. everything is super cordial, which is crazy to say that I'm talking to random people online and I'm not getting cursed out by a 13 year old, right? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I mean, we grew up playing Call of Duty and that was like a right. toxic environment if there ever was one. <laughs> <laughs> and so to just be doing this game and having such positive experiences with everybody, the uh, it's um, uh, it's it's really cool. The uh, uh, yeah. and, and I think that most people are open to you saying, hey, I'm trying this out. Now, if you're saying, hey, I'm trying out Senior Thanos, they might have, or Malekith, they might have a different opinion. <laughs> Opinion, but just trying out a different crisis, I, I doubt that they're going to care all that much and it'll make you a better player for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like I know as we go through this, like that's what's going to be happening with me is like, I'm like, all right, cool. I think my biggest blind spot with this roster is fast scoring, especially with wanting to play Cosmic Ghost Rider. So mm -hmm. I have a feeling that I will have a, a, a tough time against like the X-Men squads of the world that really want to score fast. Right. So, so that's one of those things where it's like, I hope that I'm able to get those games in against those kind of players and with like eight or more points on the board at a time. You know? Right, because those games are totally different. I mean, you and I have talked about how Convocation wants to play. I don't know if it was actually on the Discord or through DMs, but you know, I said they really like that medium game yep. right they don't want to go late because they'll get beat up and you won't have very many models left and they don't want to score fast because they can't the uh, <laughs> not as fast as some of those yeah. other teams and so they really like that middle game they want you know somewhere between six and eight points on the board maybe five and eight points on the board right yeah. the uh um and you want to finish the game before round six probably the uh um just because it, it it's one of those things where again you you start knowing your team and knowing what they like to do. The yeah, but every yeah. team's a little bit different. Every team's different, and identifying that I know for me personally, my sweet spot was about seven points. If there's mm -hmm. seven points on the board, I can try to swing an advantage in my favor. And this is me talking about playing convocation. It's like even if I'm behind initially. You know, you bring a voodoo, you say, okay, cool. I'm at least going to mm -hmm. take something off of you and make you not count on a secure, right? Right. And so even if you're playing a character down with Convocation, you can identify a matchup for voodoo to say, all right, cool. It's this this guy right here. I'm going to mitigate him or or whatever 
and and now I can swing those points in my advantage once strange starts popping off or or whatever. But like, yeah, it's and that's one of the things that it comes with time and it comes with having that conscious mindset of saying, all right, why didn't this work this time? Why did this work this time? Right. You know, and it's funny how much yeah. seven comes up as the sweet spot in this game. I mean, seven is the sweet spot for dice for me. That's what you were saying. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> so, you know, the points also is pretty, pretty spot on there, but, uh, Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that with your roster, you know, if you do see that, you know, uh, that you're playing senators and scoundrels or something like that, and there's 11 points on the board, you know, you probably don't put Ghost Rider out there. Or maybe you do and you'd say, okay, Ghost Rider is just, he's there to kill as many of these little three threats as I possibly can. And that's how I'm going to win that VP game. Right. You know, and again, you, you see a weakness, you say, okay, well, the way I'm going to do it is kill them. Or maybe you decide, you know what, you've tried it a couple of times. It's not working out for you. And you say, okay, cosmic ghost rider has to get switched out for Gamora and Nebula or whatever it might be. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. And, and with that, I think we've kind of hit all the nails directly on the head with this topic. And, it's one of those things where the the idea of dojoing a roster and roster construction, uh, if you're taking a roster to an event and if you want to elevate to that next level of competitive play, whether you're a narrative player, a casual player, or you just like saying, all right, I just want to play Avengers and I, I only want good guy Avengers on my team, or I only mm. want to play Hydra and I only want Hydra villain characters on my team, or spider foes and we're going to be playing the sinister six because i just love that like that's great like play that i i mm-hmm. really want to say play that stuff do that sting you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah yeah and if you dojo it enough and train it enough you can be successful at it exactly we've seen in humans win a major event exactly right you know and other than brian freddy i don't think of anybody that <laughs> that i know personally that plays too many in humans but uh right 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 it's uh it's one of those things where if you play enough with a thing you'll get good at it and and you'll be able to to take that next step whether you want to play competitively or not you don't have to keep playing however you want to play this game that's what's beautiful about it you own the models right but you know if you do want to level that up a little bit having that mindset and thinking through some of the stuff that we've talked about here and, and whatnot, I think is a viable and useful tool. And maybe there's more conversation to be had on this. And if you think so, let us know by sending us messages at housepartyprotocolpod at gmail.com. Send me messages over there on the Facebook. You can send me DMs over there, comment whenever we post the show, make sure. And I would really appreciate this suits Anytime you see a post on Facebook from from the show or whatever, make sure to like give it a like and stuff because you know the algorithm and whatnot. Like you know, we got to feed the algorithm, so <laughs> I would appreciate that. And then also on your podcast platform of choice, if you have the ability, if you could leave a review, that would be great. It really helps other people looking for Marvel Crisis Protocol content find their way to House Party Protocol. It's a lot of peas. You know, that's, that's a lot, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's whatever we live the P life over here. <laughs> so anyways, let's just throw a little pin particles in there, but no, uh, <laughs> anyways, I, uh, 
I really appreciate everybody giving me their time and all of that stuff. And as a way to give back for that, I would like to say we're doing another giveaway. Like I mentioned before, we're going to have a Cosmic Ghost Rider, M'Baku, and Claw giveaway. It's going to run. Your last day to get entries in is going to be Wednesday, July 26th. That's going to be the last day for entries for that. And you can uh, send the secret code words that we're going to have. And this week, we're going to do tune-up or dojo. Either word works. But if you send me Rhinobri, I will not be upset. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. If if you send if you figure out how to spell it and you send Rhinobri, I'm just gonna I'm gonna chuckle. You're gonna get a bonus entry because it's just the best. It's just the best. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So so yeah, uh I think that's all the stuff. Oh yeah. And um make sure to check out battlekiwi.com and you can get 10% off your first order with them using the promo code party kiwi. And they're they're awesome over there and their battle boxes are great. Highly, highly recommend for like tournament play and stuff like that. So make sure to check that stuff out. And let's see what else we got going on. We got the league going on. So check out the link. There is a link in the description of this podcast that'll take you right to the Nerd Herder page. And you can check out the league there. And yeah, Dojo, where can people find you? Um, uh, you can find me on the House Party Protocol uh, Discord or pretty much any other MCP Discord. Uh, you can see me at uh, NashCon this year. Yay. And um, I also play tabletop RPGs uh, at uh, on a Twitch channel called Musing Misfit. The, uh, one of my friends does that. Uh, he plays lots of stuff and streams lots of stuff over there. I'm just one of his friends. The, uh, and I'll be playing Avatar The Last Airbender RPG tonight on that. Nice, nice. Definitely go check that out and by tonight you mean this is wednesday when we're recording and tonight oh, as yeah. in thursday when the episode point. comes out it will have been last night so you know time loops and all of that stuff i'm sure that it there will be, will be a playback for him i'm sure it will. exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly so dojo i really appreciate you being on here with no, me today. thanks for having me man seriously that was super awesome i really yeah, appreciate it this has been a lot of fun and um suits make sure like i said to do all the stuff and the things and with that party on dojo party on will and power down suits. <laughs>